Last week we talked about Jesus in Matthew, excuse me, in John 18, and Jesus' arrest, as we just read about in just a few moments ago, verses 1 through 14, and what led up to that. Caiaphas said in a marvelous statement that he had no idea what he was really going to say when he said that it would be good if one man died for the people. And isn't that true? He had no idea the implications of what he was saying or what he meant. But would you open your Bibles with me to John chapter 18? We're going to pick it up with the verse 15 and following. That's what the F means. That means that verse and following. So John 18, verse 15, if you would please find that. We'll begin with verse 15, pick up our story and go from there. And Simon Peter and the other disciple, which was the way that John referred to himself when he was talking about it, he referred to himself as the other disciple. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. John went with us when we went to this particular place in Jerusalem. We went and saw the courtyard there. We went into Caiaphas' house, the high priest's house, and we saw the prison was there. So Peter was not allowed to come in because he was not part of the crew. But then the Bible says, but as he waited outside, the other disciple, John, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there at the doorway, and brought Peter in. So he was able to come into the courtyard because of the direct action that John had uh, implemented. And he, uh, as he was there, she asked, aren't you one of these man's disciples too, are you? And Peter replied and he said, I am not. Now, we may be very shocked that he would say that, and this story is very familiar, but I would like for us to remind ourselves about it. You may be very shocked that he would say, I am not him. But you have to understand the moment they were in great fear. They're in fear of what would happen. So it was interesting that John and Peter fall along. The rest of the disciples scattered like chickens. But here they kind of followed along trying to see what would happen as they were following the crowd, trying to be, as uh, uh, Peter was, as uh, invisible as possible. And then, and then he gets to the door and she says, well, aren't you one of them? Aren't you one of these people? And he says, oh, I'm not. No, because he was afraid he would be taken too. Now, the Bible says it was cold. And the servants and the officials stood around a fire that had made and kept them warm. And Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. And if you look right down, there's a little valley right there. Remember that, John? Little valley where they had this fire. You can usually see it still today. Not the fire, but the place. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Why were they doing that? Because they were concerned they wanted to charge the disciples with sedition. They wanted to say, you guys are also part of the plot to throw, overthrow this whole religious system and to throw, overthrow. So we want to know. So he wanted to ask questions about it and began to ask questions to Jesus about his disciples and what that was about. And Jesus answered and said, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues or at the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why question me, Jesus asked, asking those who have heard me surely surely they know what i have said and when jesus had said this one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face 
Is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded. And Jesus said, if I have said something wrong, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Very fascinating that Jesus gave this answer. Because later they would bring up people, witnesses, you see. They bring up witnesses to bring false charges against Jesus. So he said, if there's something, well then, then say it. Then get it out there. Let's, let's talk about it. Then Ananias, he sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Are you confused? You should be. Maybe, maybe not. So are there two high priests? Because he went to Ananias, the high priest, and then he sent to Caiaphas, the high priest. There's only one high priest. Only one high priest. Ananias had reached retirement. He was an old man. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, and he was the high priest from 7 to 14 AD when his son-in-law took over Caiaphas. Now, this is most fascinating if you know the politics that are happening here because they took him to Ananias first. Now, they're all there in the same building, same place there. So they took him there first. They took him to Ananias first. Why would they do that? Well, the problem was that um, Caiaphas, the uh, current high priest, was thought to be inexperienced and not as sharp as Ananias was. So they took him to Ananias first. But Ananias didn't have the authority that the new high priest had. So we had to send him on to Caiaphas, which was just a few rooms away. It wasn't a big transfer like going across the city hall. But it was just going in a different spot. This is not a very big building that was there. And certainly the spot was about as big as the auditorium and several levels. But it's about that big. Meanwhile, the Bible says, meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there, warming himself outside in this courtyard. He was there. So they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? And he denied it, saying, I am not. I am not. And then it says, one of the high priest's servants, a relative, the man whose ear Peter had cut off, remember the story last week, challenged him and said, didn't I see you with him in the garden? I was there just a, just a short time ago. Didn't I see you there? Weren't you the one who cut off his ear? You look, you're dressed the same. You are the same guy. And Peter denied it. In fact, he swore. In the other gospel says he swore. Oh, I don't know him. And then at that moment, the rooster began to crow. John 13, just a few pages back there, if you're looking there, there was a discussion going on. Jesus was trying to prepare his disciples for what was to come in John 13. And Peter, in verse 37, said, Peter, Lord, why can't I follow you now? Meaning to the cross. He had no idea that that's what Jesus was talking about. I will lay down my life for you. Bold statement. And then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Will you? Very truly I tell you, he said, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. 
And when this happened, Matthew records, and he went outside, went outside the courtyard, and he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. This story, which I'm sure most of you are very familiar with, always touches me deeply. Because of the anguish that we see in Peter's life, where he, where he had been such an outspoken and bold follower of Christ, he was the one who stood at Caesarea Philippi and said, Behold, uh, you are the Christ, the Son of the God. He was the leader among the disciples. He was the one that was bold. Oh, yes, Lord, I will go to my grave for you. I will die for you. Give up my life for you. And then in this moment of weakness, this moment of fear, this moment when his whole world was turned upside down, why didn't Jesus, never expecting this to happen, even though Jesus tried to lay it out for them, he failed. Not once, three times in a row. He had time to think it over, what he was doing. But no, he was so afraid. Fear. But John didn't leave us there. The Gospel of John goes on and shares with us the rest of the story. The rest of the story. So if you would, please remember, Jesus still loved Peter, even though he denied him in his hour of need. Last chapter, John 21, last chapter. And this becomes a profound moment. They had been, after the, uh, after the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus made some appearance. They were out fishing. Jesus told them to wait for them in Jerusalem, in the upper room, but they weren't there. No, they were, they were out fishing. And so Jesus appeared to him again. Jesus was out there. And uh, they saw him on the shoreline. And they said, it's the Lord. And so they came in. They were fishing in the early morning. And when they, and Jesus fed them, if you recall the story, and when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter, do you love me more than these other fellows who are standing around who never denied me? And at that moment, all of those other men that are sitting there, eyes all focus on Peter. Because Peter had let them down too. Peter's reputation had been cut off and damaged, been shattered. They're looking at this guy that they don't trust anymore. And so he says, do you love me more than these? Yeah, Peter. What's the story? I could just, I could just see in their mind as they're going and, and thinking this out. Jesus used the word agape. Do you love me more than the most pure, beautiful form, the kind reserved for God? Do, do, you, do you love me like that? And Peter responded, yes, Lord. You know I agape. You know I love you. You know I love you. 
And then Jesus said to him, now, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. We don't know how much time transpired here in just a little bit, but then again Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, he didn't say more than these. This time he said, do you love me? And Peter answered again, yes, yes, Lord. You know that I agape, you know that I love you. You know that. You know in your heart that I love you. Other disciples are sitting there watching all this taking place. And then Jesus said, take care of uh, my sheep. And then a third time, he asked him, third time now, how embarrassing this moment was. How humiliating. In front of everybody. And he said, son of John, do you love me? But Jesus changed the word this time. He didn't say, do you love me like you love it? He used the word philo. Do you love me as a friend? And the Bible says that Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And all of those denials, three denials, the pain of that was all fresh again. And Jesus asked him the third time. And the disciples are all watching. Do you love me as a friend, he said. And Peter responded, Lord, you know all things. You know I feel you. I love you as a friend. And Jesus said to him, now feed my sheep. And he went on to say, truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do, want, do not want to go. And Jesus was said this, the Bible says, to indicate the kind of death of which Peter would glorify God. And Peter was crucified upside down and died that death for his Lord. And now Jesus, after he's asked him three times, he says to him in marvelous words, he tells him, follow me, follow me. What happened was that as he said those words, as he made that deal to him, as he made that thing, he, we call this the restoration of Peter. Now, Peter was never again trusted among the disciples like he had been first. Prior to this, it was Peter, James, and John, I was mentioned first. Peter was the one who was the leader. After that, they did not elect Peter to be the leader of the group. They elected Jesus' half-brother, James. They didn't, they didn't have Peter be the leader. But Peter went on to be a great Christian missionary all over as he traveled and went his way, he took the gospel first to Cornelius, if you remember the story coming up in Acts. So Jesus restored him, but all of the other disciples had their reservation. Now, we don't know this from the scriptures, but we do know this from extra-biblical writings, that 
We found out that when Peter would go and he would preach and so forth, there was a way, because there were other people called Peter, there was a way in which you identified Peter. And you identified him by saying, Peter, the one who denied the Lord. Our speaker today is Peter. You remember the one who denied the Lord? That's him over there. Can you imagine wearing that label? Everywhere you went, including today, as you're sitting here, you remember Peter is the one who denied the Lord. 2,000 years later, he still carries that label. You don't think of Peter, the great Christian missionary. Oh, yes, I remember. So would we hire him as our pastor? We're considering Peter to be the... Our pastor here at Naples, you remember Peter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we ought to look elsewhere. I'm sure there's someone we can find who did not deny the Lord in his hour of need. Maybe we'll look to James, or maybe we'll look to Matthew, or someone else, yes. But Peter, in the hour of need, denied the Lord. But Jesus told him, follow me. Jesus forgave him, and he restored him. Unbelievable that Jesus would forgive like that. But that's the Lord we worship. That's the Lord we worship. So this story, this whole part and this thing about the love to God and then, 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 then the love of, of my friend that is included in the Greek in there. I'm sorry it's not in the, in the English. But that whole concept of a, not only do you love me as your guardian, but you love me as your friend. And Peter made that proclamation, I love you as my friend. Even though I hurt to the core what I have done, I am in deep remorse. But it didn't stop him from feeling the love of Christ for him. Are you labeled? You know, are you labeled? When your name is mentioned, oh, oh, oh remember, she, she's, she's the one <laughs> that got pregnant. Oh, oh remember him. He's the one who lost his job. Oh, yeah. Can't hold a job. She, she, it's a little bit. In the Bible, we find that we often refer to that. We, we don't say Rahab is the great princess in the household. We say Rahab is the harlot. In man's eyes, we label. But in God's eyes, the labels are totally different. So he doesn't look at Peter, the one who denied the Lord. He looks at Peter, the one that was forgiven, and the one who is my friend, and who is the one I will send as a missionary for me, who will testify to me. It's amazing. The story is so powerful. 
Because if you are wearing a label of some sort, and in reality we all do, we all have a label, whether we self-impose that or not, Jesus invites us to come, <laughs> lay that label down, and say, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me as your friend? Yes, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Then I want to take that label that you wear, that you think is on your back, and take it away and give you a different label. My child. My child. And then he invites us all. Say, follow me. Follow me. So if you were wearing a label this morning, something happened in the past that you kind of, you know, please don't press me, don't ask me details about that. I'm so embarrassed, I'm so ashamed. Christ invites you to follow him. You are forgiven, you are cleansed, and it's been removed. What kind of a God is that that would take Peter, that great denial three times in his hour of need, even though he'd been warned three times, and yet the Lord brought him back and restored him. Lord, I thank you for showing us that kind of love for Peter. You would have forgiven Judas if he had repented. You will forgive all of us if we repent and restore us. And you bid us to lay down the past, to forget the past, to, to let it be washed away, to be cleansed white as snow, as the Bible says. And you bid us, come, come follow me. Be my child. Let me write a new name, a new character on you. Princes and kings and queens in my house. We thank you for that opportunity and for what you did at the cross to pay for those sins that we may have that opportunity. We love you, Lord, as our God, as our friend, and as our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join in